Hello and welcome to Generation Mix, episode six. This is the podcast where a dad takes his son through the mix CDs that he's been making for the last eight years. My name is Neil, I'm the dad. Uh, my name is Joel and I'm the son. If you've picked up the audio clue at the beginning, then you will have worked out we're listening to the music of Deacon Blue. And given that Joel has paid limited attention to this CD, I have asked a special guest to join us. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Okay, so my name's Neil, uh, which makes it easy to remember who's on the podcast too. And I'm a good friend of Neil's from university days up in Sheffield, where we both got to know and love Deacon Blue together. We did. It was actually a bonding point for us, wasn't it? Um, I think I think you I was must have been playing was it fellow hoodlums or something really loud and you could hear it from the floor below in university halls so we're going to listen then to a range of tracks from Deacon Blue's history it's not hit packed and the confession is I actually made two of these the first one contained a fair few of the well-known and my favorite tracks things like Chocolate Girl but about two days after I'd made the CD, we picked up a copy of Our Town, The Greatest Hits, for 10p from a charity shop. So I went back to the drawing board and remade the CD with a lot more lesser-known tracks on it. And it's all the better for those lesser-known tracks, I think. Your So we're going to kick off with the Bob Clearmountain version of Dignity. It's going to buy Dignity. Call her Dignity And I'll send her up the west coast Villages and towns I'll be on my holidays They'll be doing rounds They'll ask me how I got her I'll say I saved my money They say isn't she great It's she That's the Bob Clearmountain version. So, Joe, what do you think of it? Um, it's okay. It's not. It's okay. Amazing. It's not amazing, but it's decent. I I agree with Joel. I think on a first few listen, dignity and rain town. It's a slow burn. It takes time to to get to know and like it. And mm. I think when I first heard it, I thought. Who, who writes a song about a boat? You know, I've never heard a song about a boat. Uh, you know. Wait, it's Bob Boat. How random. Yeah. Gonna buy a dinghy, gonna put cola dignity. And he packs his lunch in a sunblessed bag. See, people don't that know what anymore. That takes you back. They don't make those anymore, do they? No. And I'm telling a story In a far away sea Sipping down racky yeah, so I, th- I thought it was a really a slow burn of a, a song, and I think it's one of those, the more you hear it, the more you like it, and that's why it's become the kind of the anthem of Deacon Blue, really. And um, I guess what got me into it, I was studying economics at the time, and I thought, 
who throws in comments about Maynard Keynes into a pop song, yeah. you know? And that just sums up Ricky Ross's kind of, his thoughtfulness in his lyrics. We're jumping forward to an album that kind of started their resurgence, and that's The Hipsters. And the track is Here I Am in London Town. Here I am in London town Waiting for the world to begin Waiting for the world to begin again Let me in Here I am in London town Waiting for the world to begin I must admit, it's a late, long time since I listened to this compilation through, and I can't remember if that song ever really takes off. It's boring. It is a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a did, it go good... back to, did it go back to the time when they were trying to make it? Is that what he was writing about, the time they were trying to make it? in London, um, you know, before they were big or not, or is it going to... I have genuinely no idea. No idea, no. But I thought it was... So it's from the Hipsters album, and I thought it was a really good opening track. He gets more atmospheric as he gets older, Ricky Ross, doesn't he? Yeah. There's less of the pop classic, you know, rocky moving songs as as the generations near and progresses, really. I think everybody gets that way, though, don't they? Because we can't dance like we used to because our hips wear out. Probably. <laughs> that's why it's called the hipsters. <laughs> the next uh, track was from the album that came after the hipsters, which was A New House, and it's wild. And I think this one will get you going a bit more, Joel. And we won't stop ever believing this world Allow us to leave and no one can stand in our way We know that the happiest place is a world Where it's wild That one was a bit more upbeat, what did you think? Oh, that was good Yay! It was okay I mean. A positive reaction at last. It wasn't yeah. amazing, but it wasn't bad either. I liked it. You know, this album kind of passed me by a little bit. I think I was in that phase in life where I've got two young kids. We just actually just moved to a new house, I think, when it came out. So it was quite apt for me, but I never really listened to it for whatever reason. And actually listening back to these now, I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know why I dismissed that album so much, because that's, you know, a good upbeat tune for me. The next track is um, a Stone Cold classic. So that was Rain Town, the piano version from the bonus album that came out called Riches. And it's an alternative version of the title track from the Rain Town album. 
Joe, what did you think? Um, it kind of sounded like uh, the intro theme for a film we watched in school but never finished that was based off a book we read called Stone Cold. But did you like it? It was okay. Neil, I, I know you know this song really well because Rain Town's a major favourite. What do you think of the piano version of it? And did I do the wrong thing and should have included the real version? No, I, I love the piano version. And um, yeah, I mean, I love... Jim Prime when he's playing the piano, but equally, I mean, Ricky Ross is a very accomplished pianist. I've seen him play live just on his own. And for me, I love the song Rain Town. It just epitomises the anti-Thatcher, socialist kind of era of the mid to late 80s. So the next track, I believe, is A Brighter Star Than You Will Shine, which is from the album, the third album, Hello Hoodlums. I really like the bass work on that. I think Ewan Vernal's bass was often um, an integral part of the Deacon Blue sound. And so it's just a shame that he's, he chose not to reform with them after a while. Because I, I, I think his bass playing was, was absolutely um, essential to what made them really, really good in the, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I, I liked it too. And um I'm more of a treble man than a bass man. I like the top line. But again, that's, for me, just a different type of Deacon Blue song. And, um, you know, it stood, stood, stood out on its own, really. We're going to go back to their first album, the debut album, Rain Town. And we've got a slightly different remix of a track called The Very Thing. Oh. Say that love might be the very thing Making love is more than anything All these things like buildings And places And memories And faces Don't count for anything Joel, um, the very thing It was a bit <clears throat> Fast Fast? Which What's wrong okay? with that? Which is okay, I wasn't saying anything bad It's just yeah. fast Okay, so it's a, it. You would you say you were neutral? Yes. <laughs> no haters. It's been a while since you said you were neutral to something. No haters. Um. Well, I love that song. You know, I think it's it's one of those songs that, um, and I think, um, you may come on to this later, but Rain Town was voted, wasn't it, the top one of the top twenty songs in the eighties um, Radio Two poll. One of the top 20 albums, rather, in the top yeah. Radio 2 poll by Gary Davis and the viewers recently. And I think that's just testament to the, the quality of the, the songs on the album. And, you know, it comes towards the end of the second side where you start thinking, oh, it's just going to start petering out. But actually, they, they all stand up 
against each other, against all the singles that were originally released. A lot of the album tracks are, are as good, if not better, than some of them. The next track is again from uh, the album A New House, and it is called I Wish I Was a Girl Like You. Good job. It was okay. Really? <laughs> oh, I like that. I like. I have to agree with you. Okay. I, 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 the reason I like this one is it shows off Lorraine McIntosh really well in how she was a, a vocal counterpoint to her husband. But there are better ones that show her off, aren't there? Do you, do you remember the debate we used to have about cover from the sky? Yeah, from the fellow Hoodlands album, you never, you, you, you didn't like it very much. I mean, I, think, I don't think I liked it that much. And we were kind of like, why is this released as the single from fellow Hoodlands? And then we heard it in when the, their farewell tour, and and it, she was absolutely stunning on it. Our next track really kind of needs to be dealt with as two tracks. I already know that you, Neil, absolutely adore this live um mashup effectively and that's i know we do we it's, again one of the things i think we bonded over was that 10 inch live single yeah. <laughs> um and it is the the melding that they did of dark end of the street and when will you make my telephone ring? It's a slow song. It's not boring, though. It's, I find but, it boring. If it's slow, it's boring. That was the first time I ever heard the song Dark End of the Street. I like it. You liked it. So uh, I'd like to briefly introduce Neil's daughter, Annabelle. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> so you liked it. Neil, I know you, we, we, like I say, we both absolutely adored this when we were at university. Still holds up for you? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, without doubt. So in 2001, Deacon Blue reformed in their entirety and recorded a brand new album called Homesick. This is the sole representation that I put on this CD from Homesick and it's This Train Will Take You Anywhere. This train 
This train will take you anywhere. Um, it's kind of loud because we've got yeah. the so loud. I think that's, I mean, the Homesick album was the last contribution of Graham Kelling, who died in 2004. And that was a proper guitar-driven driven track. What do you think of it, now? Yeah, I like it. I, I think they're all the better for the, the rockier, faster mm. tracks, to be honest. I think in more recent years they've started going a bit slower and whilst I like one or two of those to have an old whole album full of that stuff you know I don't think that reflects who who we remember them to, to be you know in their heyday so I, I like that track I like I quite like, a lot of tracks on that album I like that track you like it too yes we're about halfway through and one of the biggest hits of Deacon Bluff was Wages Day. But the version that's on this CD comes from the compilation that they put out when they remastered all of their albums called The Rest. And it's the piano version of Wages Day. How to do it on the hours. He said, oh, this is all yours. You can have it all. You can take it all away from where we left off. Living it all your way if you stand on my shoes. If you'll do what I do on a wages day. What do you think of it, Joe? Um, it's okay. It's a bit slow, which is fine. Well, the original, the original is not like that at all. It's one of the slower songs that I, I do like. Yeah, the, the original is not like that at all. It's quite fast and poppy, which if you actually listen to the Our Town thing, you probably would have known. What about you, Neil? Well, I think it's a sign of a good song when, you know, you, you can like it live and rocky like Wages Day was, as we know and love, and then you hear it in a completely different kind of realm just pure piano and Ricky Rossi's amazing vocals and you just think yeah this song stacks up on its own as a proper song with piano and, and vocal mm. and, and I think that's just testament to his writing abilities really and I think I said earlier is it when he um when I saw him play live just on his own with Ricky Ross and piano in Bristol it was a couple of years ago and I was sat it was St George's Horse and when I sat in the balcony I was overlooking right over the keyboards I could see him playing it was just it was just phenomenal he's such a talented musician mm. and he's also got a bit of a ball patch now he's 16 so. oh good because I've got no <laughs> head, so I really don't care about that <laughs> we're gonna go to the a new house album again so when I made this compilation the believers album hadn't yet been released either so at the time the new house was the most recent Deacon Blue release which is why it's kind of relatively heavily represented. The track is called Mark. Mark. 
I love this song. You got me back into a new house because I'd kind of forgotten about it. And uh, yeah, this is one of the strongest songs on the album. And I, uh, I think it's the strongest song on the album. Yeah. I agree. Joel? Um, I think it sounds a bit like Elton John, like his No Neil and Juliet. I know that song. I wouldn't say it sounds much like Nomeo and Juliet. Yeah, but it sounds like Elton John. I, I, can, I can hear what you're saying if you were thinking about something off Goodbye Yellow Brick Road album or something like that. Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting or something similar to that. Yeah. Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting. in it for Elton John. Oh, you're right, actually. Saturday, Saturday Night's in Nomeo and Juliet. Actually, you're right, it is. So it is, on, it is in that film. Okay, making perfect sense now, Joel. Well done. Now, the next track, it was a B-side. It was on Ooh Las Vegas. And the remastered triple CD kind of things had a different version to the one that was on Ooh Las Vegas. So it took me ages to track down the version I wanted, which was this version of Disney World. I think the whole world should look good. That's important to me. Everyone should look good And when they die They should die with the boots on And the hearts on fire When I die They'll cry Out of candy And chocolate worlds And party gowns Framing Bunny girls will carry me off To Disney World so I know you like this song, Neil, and um, I've grown to like it too. And I just love the quirkiness of it and, you know, the lyrics. You think he must have been smoking something before he wrote this because um, I just love it. If you, if you can't be funny, don't be ugly. And <laughs> some great lines in there. I think it's, it's a classic Deacon Blue B-side that actually could have quite happily sat on an album. And there's quite a lot of those. Uh, I think this is, this is definitely one of those that could have stood alone. But of course, they did then put it on an album by creating the Las Vegas release. That album itself, that compilation, means a lot to me because that was when I first saw Deacon Blue live. Las Vegas was released. I went and helped collect for the Birmingham Children's Hospice prior to its... Uh, launch outside the concert at the NEC. I'd have loved to have gone in, so I was 16. My aunt was collecting it at a different door, and somebody gave her a ticket rather than give it to a ticket tout, and she knew I wanted to go in, into the concert. And so I ended up getting into the concert for, uh, well, for free, actually. <laughs> I consider it my first ever concert. The next track takes us back to the debut album classic of Rain Town. And it is Love's Great Fears. Love's Great Fears, can't you see that burn? Twist and turn, as you walk and learn. Love's Great Fears, can't you see that burn? Twist and turn, as you walk and learn. Twist and turn, as you walk and learn. Joel? <laughs> um, it's decent. I don't love it. I've already mentioned how much I like side two of Raintown, and this is a side two track. It's also the Brower remix, so I'm wondering if Neil knows why I picked the Brower remix. 
You and your versions, I've got absolutely no ideas. <laughs> to be honest, this feels like there are more remixes that are better than the originals than Alan Walker's, which is saying something. Alan for Walker you, that a, is definitely saying something. Alan Walker has a remix for literally every single song. So I'm going to put a little bit in of why I picked this as the remix and see if you can work it out. Any idea who that is playing the guitar? Yeah. Oh, I think you did mention something, but I've forgotten. So that was Chris Rea. So that's why I picked that version of it, because it's got another one of my favourite 80s, 90s artists, which is Chris Rea. And he popped in and did a slide guitar solo part on that version of Love's Great Fears. I was going to say there had to be a story behind that because I would never have put Ricky Ross and Chris Rea in a room together and said, oh, they're mates. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not even on the same label. CBS for Dick and Blue, was it? Uh, yeah, which means it was Sony. Okay. And uh, he was on Warner. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to edit that because that is very dull. <laughs> <laughs> useless information, I know. Oh, that's the fascinating bits. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it in after all. Uh, I want to talk to chart positions later. Well, I'm a, I'm a stato in that regard. Well, we we will do we, we can do a little bit about that, but also, what did I miss? So at the end, I'm going to ask you what tracks did I miss that really I should have included that uh, that weren't. I've got a long list. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> We're returning now to the se- for the second time to the hipsters album and it's the title track The hipsters, Joel. Um, doesn't sound very hipster. <laughs> it's an ironic title. Deacon Blue were never hipsters, and the one time they tried to be trendy was when they um, they made whatever you say, say nothing. And we will come back to that at some point. <laughs> but I, I like the hipsters album. I like the hipsters track. It is, I think, deliberately ironic. Neil? Strongest track on the album for me. Have you seen the video, by the way? I haven't, no. You've got to see the video. Filmed just down the road from where we were living at the time. Crystal Palace um, swimming pool, the Olympic pool and the diving board. And it's a great video. Why they couldn't film it on a beach, they obviously didn't have the budget, so they just went into a swimming pool. But this little boy who's being bullied by the hipsters has to run up to the top of the diving board and then he just dives off in the most amazing dive. Fantastic. When in, when in real life, a little boy running off the high diving board would probably face plant in the middle of the water. Like <laughs> concrete. Yeah. So don't try this at home, kids. The next track is a cover. The Look of Love. The 
of love is in your eyes, the look, your smile can disguise the look of love, saying so much more than just words could ever say. I think it's an absolutely gorgeous version. The whole EP is is just, I think, sublime. All four of the tracks are excellent. Message to Michael is great. And Are You There With Another Girl, which I think is probably the least known of all four tracks, is also fantastic. What do you think of Look of Love, though? Mm. Well, for, for those who can't hear it on the audio, Joel just went... Mm. What do you think of it, Neil? Well, for me... It's the it's my least favourite on the EP, and you know that's the defining moment that EP for me because um, that was my first ever CD single. I just literally bought my brand new mega tall Pioneer MIDI Hi-Fi system. Oh man, I remember that in our shared house <laughs> <laughs> with my twin CD player, and that was my first ever CD. Oh. Three ninety nine. I'm so jealous of the twin CD player. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I love that album. But unfortunately, Look of Love has memories of me, of Matt Munro and my parents playing it. So it was always very untrendy. So I, I will never kind of get past that that image. I just know I just hear the crispness of that whole CD because it was just so new to me from my world of vinyl in the past to moving to CD. Are You There With Another Girl was my favourite, actually, on, on that one. But, but all four were good. Did you spot my clue on the Zoom, by the way? No. So what was, was the password for this all your other clues? What was the password for this Zoom, Neil? Oh, Deek12. That's the serial number of the Backrack and David <laughs> single. <laughs> oh, what a stato. I would never have got that. I would never have got that. But let me give you a stat. What was the single that kept this EP from the number? Oh, she wore an itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini by Bomb Ballerina and Timmy Mallet. Oh, tragic. I don't think Ricky Ross has ever got over that. <laughs> Joel likes that song yeah, better. That's why. Now that's the song with a dodgy video now. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a shame because it, it, it would have been a worthy number one single. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I often look at that and think, why? Why? Timmy Mallet, I haven't said. Ah. <sighs> Let's move These on. Happen, yeah. We're going to return to Ooh, Las Vegas by means of When the World Knows Your Name. It's the acoustic version of one of my favourite tracks off that album, which is Circus Lights. You wanted the space, your charms on the night. You wanted the space, Over these circus Christmas 
that was a B-side off uh, Queen of the New Year uh, on the 12 inch I think and it's it's a good pop song when it's done in its original format but I like the acoustic version a it's lot. okay I tend to include I can, I can sweep it away if I want to would you prefer that one or the original I like both I like both it's a bit like Wages Day it just stands up in its own right as a as a simple song and yeah it's a great album track from when the world knows your name isn't it we're drawing close to the end and as we get close to the end i thought it would be ideal to have the opening track off the third album because you shake it up a bit by putting things that often start albums halfway through compilations and it's james joyce souls he's not just a soldier he's not just a friend James Joyce Souls, Joel. Um, bit boring, but okay. Okay. Yeah. I love James Joyce Souls. I think when Fellow Hoodlums came out, I was by that point a Deacon Blue fan, and I was excited about a new release by them. And that was the opening track. I remember thinking I was in safe hands. Which was interesting because the following track was the title track, Fellow Hoodlands, and I thought, what on earth? <laughs> yeah. so, um, I wasn't in as safe hands as I thought I was. I'm not sure. For me, it's just a bit of a wartime classic, Deacon Blue does, does Vera Lynn kind of thing. <laughs> um, and they do it quite well. <laughs> I like it. It's a real emotional song, isn't it? Now, my intention with these CDs was to avoid the hits. But I couldn't avoid this one because this was my entry point for Deacon Blue. I like this one. And you knew it was coming because it's the opening theme from the start of the podcast, which makes you wonder whether or not I really did play it particularly well on the piano or not. Fergus sings the blues. This is where it all started for me. Can this one sing the blues? Oh, it's a such, such a good track. Yeah, well, this is where it all started for me too. My first 12-inch, Fergus sings the blues. I was Googling a bit, actually. I didn't know Homesick James and James and Bobby, Purify, were, were such big blues Blue singers, but uh, yeah, I just love it. You can't beat this. This is just classic Deacon Blue. You don't get any better than this, really. It, but this got to what was it number fourteen? I think number thirteen. Yeah, one it of their bigger out. hits. It came out in the eighty-nine summer of eighty-nine. Summer of eighty-nine. And I think it was the same week as My Brave Face was released. 
by Paul McCartney, which I okay. was full on excited about and was convinced was going to get to number one and only got to number 18. Um, Terrible track, if ever I heard one. <laughs> my Brave Face is marvellous. Oh, dis, dis, disagree. Bit of an odd choice next. That's really kind of delving very deep into the back catalogue and it's back here in Beano land. I picked this. Because I like the Beano. Because Joel likes the Beano. Back here in Beano land. Bubble is bursting. All things get busted. Some things get builded. Old ladies write banners. Old men dream memories. Back here in Beano land. All things are real. Is that what it's a reference to, the Beano? Yes, because... Is it about Denmark, then? No, nothing to do with Denmark. So, Neil, what city does Ricky Ross come from? Dundee. Correct. Oh. Where is the Beano created? Where was it published? Dundee, presumably. Then. Was in Dundee. DC Thompson, who published the Beano and the Dandy are based, or were based, if they're still going, in Dundee. Oh. Abino land is, I assume, a reference to the city of Dundee. Oh. It's a weird song back here in Beano land. Mm. Do you like it, though, Joel? Mm, kind of. Yeah, I love it. I, I love, well, first of all, the intro, I just love James Prime on the piano, hearing those tinkling keys, listen to that all day. I just love the rawness and the emotion in there. I love the lyrics. My wife just laughs every time she hears that lyric, old ladies write letters. But I, 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 yeah, it's just any, a great... Any reason why? Uh, I don't know. I'm Annie Tasker. She just said that last night as I was listening to it. She just said, it just makes me smile every time I hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it's just the emotion in it, you know, old men dream memories. The old things are real. Uh, yeah. It just hits you in the heart, doesn't it? And it's, yeah, there's, there's power in those lyrics. Penultimate track, we return to the hipsters for a track called The Rest. Why is it an ironic title? Um, it's called Rest, and the tune is not restful at all. Well, there are multiple meanings of the word rest. Mm. I mean, it could be a rest in music, which is a pause. Rest as in going to bed, or is it rest as in everything else? Um, okay. So that it's not... Sense. Depends on your it's choice okay. of the meaning of the word, the rest. It's okay. Neil? Yeah, I love it. It's a great one off the Hipsters album. Um, they play it live really well, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it goes back to the days of Fergus. It's got that upbeat kind of rocky feel. Let's conclude our listen through. It's been promised all the way through the podcast. We are visiting. Whatever you say, say nothing. However, we are taking a side swipe because. <sighs> I hate that album. <laughs> there, there is there's some good tracks on it, 
Your Town is particularly excellent, but of course it's on the greatest hits that Joel owns. But there was one standout, brilliant track on that album, and it was Bethlehem's Gate. And so I plumped for the piano version of Bethlehem's Gate that was released on the second re-release of Dignity as a Single. There was a night As purple as this With the love so close We long to be missed Summer 89 And everything still And free and there to be finished. I long to be there as bright as the sky in Bethlehem's Gate. The piano version of Bethlehem's Gate. Bit boy. I think you'd like the original version of it. No, I, I love this song. I just think it it just shows the depth of his his vocal. His voice is just so resonant in that. And um, and again, that's one that he, he's played live piano several times. It's one, you know, I think it's one of Ricky's favourites to do. That was our run through of the Deacon Blue compilation I put together. I asked Neil what have I missed that I really should have included? We talked about Angelou shifting and off the riches album. Um, Rain Town, I, probably my favourite on there, probably after Love's Great Fears, is Loaded. So, yeah, I'd have Loaded in there. But Loaded's on the greatest hit, Neil. Obviously, you missed off Real Gone Kid off When the World Knows Your Name, but, I, you know, that's okay. Um, but Love and Regret is unforgivable, I've got to say. <laughs> Trampoline came up recently on TV on the A word, and I didn't realise, but that was a, I didn't realise they covered a Julian Cope song at the time. Huh. But um, that's a great one from from uh, U Las Vegas, and I like Long Window to Love from U Las Vegas. But <laughs> no, I think all in all, I, I thought there was quite a lot of stuff off there that was missing, but when I heard the ones that you'd picked, particularly on the more recent albums, you know, you did choose some good ones, I thought. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. The pleasure was all mine. And yeah. Annabelle, thank you. So thanks to Neil for joining us. It's now time for us to move to Joel's Revenge. What have you got lined up for me today, Joel? Uh, it's a song by The Fat Rat. Oh, no. It oh, is. Joel keeps talking about fat rat whenever we're driving somewhere. No, I'm mostly Alan Walker. But, okay. yeah, The Calling by the Fat Rat. The, f- the Calling by Fat Rat. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. 
so that was the calling by the Fat Rat and Laura Brem, I think it is. Right. What did you think? Didn't like it, did you? Well, that's where you're wrong. I actually quite liked that. Seriously? Seriously. I can... As soon as it started, I thought this reminds me of Kraftwerk. And I quite like Kraftwerk. I could hear bits of Mike Oldfield's style in there. The only thing that bugged me is they're, they're kind of almost rhyming in the, uh, the lift part, the chorus part, where you've got glorious. And I want the rhyme to be euphorious. And that's not a word. <laughs> no, that, that was a good choice. I liked that. I guess it doesn't really count as a successful Joel's Revenge because I didn't hate it and there was no revenge involved. <laughs> Does that surprise you that I liked it? Yes. Why? Because whenever I played, I've played it in the car in the past, you've been like, oh, fat rat. Well, I just don't like the name, fat rat. The fat rat. I, I really fat just... Fat rat's a completely different artist. Really? Fat There's... rat is a completely different artist to the fat rat. Well, that's just bad planning. The fat rat. That's the like, fat rat came first. That that's like saying, "Oh, there's a band out there, and they're they're, they're they are called Beatles." <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what a ridiculous thing to have two artists with the same name, but one of them's got a the and the other doesn't. Thank you very much for listening. This has been episode six of Generation Mix. We'll be back in a fortnight's time with our next one. Listen out for the musical clue at the end. We have a Facebook page. If you search for Generation Mix, you should be able to find our page. And on there, you can comment on the, uh, well, basically any of the episodes we've done so far. You can possibly even post on there what you think the next episode might be based on our clue. But... Thank you very much for listening. Uh, tell people about the podcast because that's the best way for us to grow it. And we will speak to you again in about a fortnight's time. Bye. Bye.